Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Senators Roundtable. I'm your host, Jacob Billington, joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Paul Quinney, Dayton Reimer, as per usual. Um, how you doing, guys? I'm doing great, Jacob. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Dayton, how are you? Yeah, uh, definitely better after not looking at the score. <laughs> Worse after. Yeah, so we're recording this right after Ottawa lost 7-4 to um, the Colorado Avalanche. I guess we can just kind of dive right into that and just... There's anything notable that came out of the game that you want to talk about? Um, just two quick points for me. Ridley Gregg is a top six center for the Ottawa Senators right now. I think he should stay on the top line for a while, and the top six should just stay the same. Um, and once Pinto and Norris are back in the lineup, I think you go Norris on the wing, Pinto at center, and then Joseph on the right wing um, on the third line or something like that. But I think I think moving Norris to the wing right now makes sense, especially with Pinto coming back. What do you guys think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Greg's uh I mean he's he's got all the character on that team, you know. Yeah. He's, um you you need him on your top 6. He's he's earned that spot. Um yeah. I I just wish some of them could rub off on the other uh players. Yeah. They seem like they're in a coma some yeah. of them. Yeah, no. Uh I mean, Greg was the guy or was a guy, I guess, who was supposed to kind of be that character that was built around Brady Kachuk. Yeah. And there's been a lot of talk about the the character of this team and how it hasn't been built very well. Yeah. Especially when you consider their image of their face of the franchise, Brady Kachuk, and they established that when they made him captain. Uh, was that two years ago now? Just three, yeah. two, uh, two. Time is all blending together for this franchise. This is season number three with him as captain. Huh. Yeah, feels like no time has passed since those days. Um, yeah, Ridley Gregg is that kind of guy, and he always was going to be that kind of guy. And believe it or not, when you pair him with Brady Kachuk on the top six and give them that little bit of you know grit and that character that personality that the team needs, um, surprise, surprise, it works. Yeah. So let, let me throw this out. Speaking of character, do you think uh, Brady is just on the wrong hockey team? And where I'm going with this is his brother, Matthew, uh, out in Calgary, he was supposed to be the captain of that team. And he just didn't click with them. Uh, that gritty, combative, uh, explosive fury that, that Chuck's bring to the game. That just wasn't part of the character of the, Cal the Calgary Flames. So you've got a real battler here with Brady, but has he got anyone to follow him into battle? Is that is that the problem? Is he just on the wrong stage? I'm going to say no, but I, I get where you're coming from. Um, like you look at tonight, um, Mad Sogard took a pretty nasty high stick today, um, and Jake Sanderson jumped right in, and you got Travis Hammond to cool jump in and follow him in battle. And whether they should be there or not, your fourth line has Mark Kastelik and Parker Kelly. They'll follow him into battle. But you're right. They're missing those, like, the top nine guys that will follow them, follow him into battle and throw some throw some fists if they need to, right? Like, there's nobody yeah. on the Senators. Like, you don't want Tim Stutzel. You're not going to see Josh Norris, Vlad Tarasenko. You're not going to see these guys throwing haymakers or anything, right? Um Drake Batherson can get a bit gritty and I like his game. Um, he was actually fantastic along the boards tonight. Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, uh, but I, 
I can't agree with you, but I don't have a good reason to, I don't have a good rebuttal against that. I mean, I, you know, I'm watching them blow another lead and get embarrassed 7-2. I didn't really see anybody that was, seemed to be at all upset, not in the least. Can't say Claude Giroux wasn't upset. Okay. All right. One guy. <laughs> yeah. One guy. I get you. <laughs> you know, we're, I mean, well, not that I'd ever advocate violence on this show, but, you know, you'd think when they're getting beaten that badly, someone would go and just beat somebody up or, you know, show that they care. I, I don't know. Total absence. Yeah. And, you know, they, they hung Sogard out to dry. Yeah. Um, you know, there might have been a softy or two that he should have had, but. Or three or four, I think, in my yeah. opinion, at least. But no, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know what the answer is to this team. It's just lose, lose, lose. And I don't know how they get out of it. I mean, okay, so we've changed coaches, changed the goalie coach, changed the lines around. Uh, where do you think the problem is? I'd say the it's finger, there's There's two fingers to point. It's um, Jack Capuano, the defense coach, and the players. Those are the only two fingers left to point. You already chopped the other three off. Right, like there, there's only two more places you can look at the problem. I'm starting to look at the players. It's yeah. all on them. I mean, just I mean, Jacques Martin and and Capuano can't go out there and they can't play. Yeah. So the players have got to do it, and I I don't know, I don't know how you get out of this. I I, I mean, what have another meeting? I, I I'm assuming they've had meetings, but. Uh, you know, it just doesn't look like um, they're on any trajectory back to respectability. Yeah. So, okay, they, I, yeah, yeah, they beat up the San Jose Sharks. Okay, I'll give I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, they just they can't keep running this back. Something's got to change. Um, I have this later in the show on our notes, but we might as well just jump into it now. Zach Burke got fired. Um, Justin Peters took over. He was the coach, the uh, goaltending coach down in Belleville. Um, Zach Burke didn't have any goalies with fantastic numbers underneath him. Um, Matt Murray played less than half of his game as a Senator under Zach Burke had a nine fourteen save percentage. Mm. Yep. That's it. And then Anton Forsberg has a nine Oh six under him. Nobody else has over 900 and there was a lot of goalies that played underneath him. What do well, you, they, well, sorry, go ahead, Dan. What, what do you make of the move? And do you like, Dayton, do you think that this solves any problems? I think it solves the problem of replacing the coaching staff so that new perspectives come in. I don't think it's going to solve any problems this season. I think you're still going to watch as goalies let in soft goals and the defense continues not to support them well. That kind of stuff doesn't fix itself in the time frame that we have. Yeah. Um. I think it is good to have a change of view in there because clearly something wasn't clicking. Um, And I'm sure Zach Birk is a great goalie coach. And I think that is also reflected in that they moved him to a scouting position. So I guess not really fired, right? But uh, replaced. It's one of those funny little rearrangements. But I kind of feel like 
Um, Michael Andlauer has been a bit handcuffed in getting his guys in there. Yeah. Because of this mess of the sale that was made. He didn't get his team uh, purchased officially for way too long. And so by the time he had it fully under his control, the season was about to start. And you don't have time to switch everything because coaches and personnel have already been putting in the hours and the work to get this team ready. Yeah. I think if he had it earlier, the coach would have been gone. The GM would have been gone. The coaching staff would have been changed and you probably would have seen some scouts and uh, an upper management be replaced because that's what new owners and new GMs do is they bring in their own guys. Yeah. It happens every single time and whether it's deserved or not is outside of the question. You want your own guys who see your vision. And I mean, that happens not only in hockey, but pretty much every level of business. You want the people who see your vision and that way you can have a much more efficient product. And Laura doesn't have that. And he's working on it. He's got Steos. He's got uh, Bonus. He's got Poulin. Those are guys who are more on his side, right? Yeah. And now you got Justin Peters in there. And that's probably another one of his guys, right? Yeah. They have been looking for extra staff and extra coaching to move this team forward. I don't think Jacques Martin is one of his guys. So he's not a long, long term solution. Um, Alfie kind of has to be one of his guys. And so maybe that's a a work in progress. Yeah. You can't have, you can't own the Ottawa senators and pretend Alfredson is not there. Yeah. He has to be there. And I think it's great to see him behind the bench. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a very long way of answering your question. Um, I think this change is good. I don't think we'll see any change, though. Yeah. Good on paper. Not going to see the results, though. I I agree. Um, Yeah, there's there's not a ton to talk about with it. Because, like like you said, like, you're not going to see results overnight. It's not like he comes in and draws something on the whiteboard and says, all right, Jonas Corposalo, you are now Connor Hellebuck. Right, like that—that's not how goalie coaches work. Um, takes them months to kind of get in the head of the the goalies that they're working with and get get to know them. Obviously, he's going to know Mad Sogard because he was in Belleville. Um, but Anton Forsberg and Jonas Corposalo probably never had a conversation with them. There's no rapport there. Um, he's got to get to know them. I mean, he has to know how to get them mentally ready, what they need, right? And mm-hmm. if I don't know if either of you two have done therapy or anything of such, but on your first therapy session, does your therapist know everything about you and tell you how to solve your problems? No, it takes a long time. Okay. It's a process. Wow. We're talking about a process with the Ottawa senators again. Look at us. <laughs> I do like Peter's Peter's coming in though. Cause have you seen the numbers for the guys in Belleville? Like they're yeah. pretty solid. Sogard has a, a decent uh, career after a couple of seasons there. Right. The first few were, were iffy. Um, Levi Marilinen comes in and just, steals the show uh yeah. he's a oh he's someone to watch he can't yeah. not win i don't know there's <laughs> that's a sneaky good draft steal i think um so. M- mandalese he does great every time is it mandalese or mandalese mandal mandalese mandalese yeah you got them both confused <laughs> fantastic to be dyslexic hey eh? um <laughs> 
yeah, no, I think I think it's a good change. I think it's a move for the future. And I think it also signals that maybe Forsberg and Corpus Allo have a pretty short leash now. Yeah, I think so. One quick question could could be a one word answer if that's all you have to give. Do you even think about Elvis Merzlikens right now? Sometimes. <laughs> Paul, would you even laugh at the fact that or a suggestion that Elvis Merzlikens might fit in Ottawa? Would you even entertain that at all? Right now, I would. I mean, <laughs> our, the goaltending in Ottawa is a disgrace. I mean, it's what what is it? It's a 0.886 save percentage and almost a four goal against average. I mean, so how much worse could uh, Elvis be? And plus, I like his name. I'm an Elvis fan. So, yes, you know. well, Merzlikens has as many wins in 2024 as Ottawa does. Well, and did you see, I mean, he's ripe for a change. He uh, corked off in an interview, uh, I think it was yesterday. And, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe something can be worked out. But, but no, I agree. You know, my take on that goalie coaching change is it's, it's PR. It, they had to do something. So, you know, put a, anybody with a pulse in there. Your basic, your problem here is, you got lousy goaltenders. You, you somehow, I don't know how, but you got to get rid of them and you got to get better ones. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, sure. They stand on their head and make fantastic saves until they let in a goal that I could stop on the next shot. I mean, yeah. they, you got to get them out of there. Consistency is the biggest issue. Yeah. See, I don't think that the goalies are the problem though. I don't think we have bad goalies, or I'm sorry, I don't think the Senators have bad goalies. We've seen Forsberg play very well. We've seen Corpus Allo play very well. Maybe they're not the most consistent guys, but they're not as bad as we've been watching them. Yep. There is a broken connection with this team, and it really reminds me, and I hate to make this comparison, but I'm going to do it anyways, of a previous Buffalo Sabres team where people would come in and hate to play hockey and they kept losing because nobody had fun. You like Ryan O'Reilly, a, is he a heart winner or on Smythe? On Smythe. Thank you. Um, He, yeah, a national trophy winner could barely put anything together with Buffalo because he was miserable. And I think you can see it out on the ice. These guys are miserable. They don't want to be there. They want to be in Ottawa. Sure. I think this team has a lot of great connections. They want to be a team, but they don't, they don't want to be playing hockey because it just, this is what happens every time one bad goal gets in and everyone's like, well, we've lost and then they lose. So yeah, there is something you need to bring somebody in and somebody who has a big voice which makes me think of a couple of names um, of guys that could move and could come in. And I don't know if we want to talk about that now or save it for later, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But like sure. w- w- with the comparison you made with Buffalo, like, it, and it's not like, like when you look at Ottawa, they acquired Alex to bring cat for a year and he wanted to go play in his hometown. Sure. That's different. Buffalo had these guys, they had Sam Reinhardt. Look at Sam Reinhardt this year. He wanted out Jack Eichel. He wanted out. Maybe for a different reason than just the on-ice product, but Jack Eichel wanted out. He didn't want to play hockey in Buffalo. 
Ryan O'Reilly. Like, there's so many star players, right? Like, it, it's ridiculous. Um, and two of those players that of the three that I just mentioned have won a Stanley Cup, and one went to the finals last year. Good well, players won out of bad teams. Did you read that article, though, or, or the comments by uh, Michael Delzato uh, yes. about the Ottawa organization? So yeah. uh, maybe there's something to it, but he he just said they were B-grade in terms of uh, the way they treated their players. And, yeah, it didn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Lousy food, I guess. Well, I, I, I respect what he has to say. It was during COVID, and he was in Belleville. I. I don't know. Belleville's a lovely city in the spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's talk some trades. Jacob Chickren's name has been thrown into the mix quite a bit over the past three days or so. Um, should trading him even be a consideration? There was some suggestion that he might not fit in the locker room, which I think is bogus. Um, there was some talk about how um, it might not work long-term. Bruce Garriock said today that the Senators and Chikrin's agent said that they're committed to trying to make this work long-term. They're still taking calls. You're going to take calls on anybody. Um, but, but like, I think I said this last week, you're always going to answer the phone. Even if somebody says, yeah. uh, how about Tim Stutzel? What if you're offering Connor McDavid, right? Like you're always going to listen to a call, but they're really listening to offers on Chikrin, but they're not trying to kick him out the door, right? It's more so just, yeah, I mean, for the right price, whatever, right? Um, so, I don't know. Do, do you Would either of you consider trading him off of this team right now at this trade deadline? We'll start with you on this one, Dayton. I think if you are not named Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, or Jake Sanderson, you are available. And that is the state of this team right now. However... I don't like the idea of trading Chikrin because first senators paid a lot to get him. Yep. That was a big trade and giving up on that. So soon is just another, another feather in the hat of a bad, bad Dorian move. And this one isn't even Dorian's fault because it'll be Steos dumping him. Right. And sure. You can like, Oh, there's a separation there, but like, it's not, it's still the senators. And it's still another failed trade because you're not going to get the return back that you want. Right. But no, where, where are my thoughts? Oh no, <laughs> I lost it. Um, so yeah, I don't like the idea of trading him because of the price and because that uh, he's been really good. Respectfully or comparatively on this team. Um, yes nobody's been good uh but uh chikrin has been one of the few bright spots on this team on a more consistent basis i think there's yeah. some concerns over uh defensive impact but apart from that like he's he's been solid he's been exactly as advertised coming into this team um so if like a team is offering a first round pick. I don't know. Is it is it in the top ten? If it's not, hang up the yeah. phone. Yeah. Because you want a guy to come in and be a top four impact two-way defenseman. That's what Chikrin is. You need to get that. And preferably right-handed shot. That's the only way I would see trading Chikrin would make sense. Is yeah. you get 
that top four guy, but he's just better on the right side because Chikrin's not fantastic on his right. He's he's a lefty, and that makes it complicated for what the Senators have right now. So if you can get that, great. But otherwise, I don't see a lot of trades that make sense. Unless, of course, you get the the McDavid offer, right? Right. But nobody's nobody's helping out the Senators. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to do that. Well, and like, so I'm looking up. I've just looked at the, the standings right now. Ottawa is 30th in the NHL. That sucks. Um, but they, bottom they 10 in the San league. San Jose. Yeah, bottom 10 in the league right now. Funnily enough, funnily, funny enough. Um, the only team in the bottom 10 right now that I think would even consider acquiring Chikrin, um, or that it would make sense for them to acquire Chikrin, is Arizona, <laughs> which obviously they wouldn't, but like nobody else, it makes sense. You're not going to get a top 10 pick. Um, you're not going to get now Ottawa. Obviously, you always want a top 10 pick, but they prefer uh, a second line center right now or a solid right handed defenseman. Mackenzie Weger, question mark. Um, you like you look at these guys and you say, what does this team need? And right now they don't really have any holes other than um, a number one right-handed defenseman. But like anybody that you're acquiring, you kind of have to move somebody out of a spot to get it. Like would either of you like an upgrade on Josh Norris as the second line center? Yes. <laughs> yes. You got to move Josh Norris if you want that. Okay. Right? Because you can't put Josh Norris down third line center permanently if you're paying him eight million dollars. Then trade right? him. Right, exactly. But if you're trading Chikrin, what do you want back? I I I don't know the answer to that. Do either of you have anything? Like what what do you want back from Chikrin? Well, well I like mean I, said, uh, I was just gonna say a right handed defender who who does the uh, the top four stuff. Sorry, Paul, I right. cut you off there. No, no, no worries, David. Well, I don't know. The only, the only, uh, to your point, okay, what do you get back? Uh, the punditry that I've been reading, all I've been able to come up with, come across is uh, more defensemen. Yeah. Um, you know, so Calgary, Mackenzie Weger, that's the latest rumor. Um, but he costs $6.25 million. And what's... Um, 4.6. 4.6. Um, that's something you're going to have to manage. And then Edmonton, they're on the hunt. And guess who they want to send back, or it's rumor they want to send back, Cody Cece. So No, thank you. You know, but hey, he's only 3.25. And then Philip Broberg, uh, you may not have heard of him, but he's a prospect with the Oilers. He's six foot four and 212 pounds and uh, a draft pick. So, yeah, it's kind of uninspired. Um, what what anything I've seen that that you could get for uh, Chikrin. The other thing too is I I would wonder, you know, if you're if you're trading at the deadline, your trade partner presumably wants uh, they they're not sending you back roster players unless they're surplus. And so, what's the point of the trade from Ottawa's standpoint? Then the other thing too, when you keep when I keep hearing, hey, trade Chikrin, I mean, I've got one question. Why why Chikrin? Why not Shabbat? Yeah, I mean, if, I agree. I hundred percent agree. Shabbat is the defenseman that needs to go. You will get a lot more for Shabbat or for Chikrin than you would Shabbat, I think. Um, especially if you're in a position that you can retain 
and sell him at 2.3 for a season and a half, you're going to get a boatload for him, I think. Um, going to a contender at the deadline, I think. Shabbat, that's $8 million. You don't want to retain for four years on that. Um, so you're looking at, is it worth trading Shabbat and getting a lower value? Or is it worth trading Chikorin and getting the most value possible, right? So that's where the conversation kind of seeps in. But even for me, it's not a question. I would rather have Chikorin at $8 million for the next four years than Shabbat. You mean Chikorin at 4.6 or? No, like if uh, I, I would rather have Chikorin at 8 million than Shabbat at 8 million. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see. Okay. okay. Rhetorical flight there. I understand, Jacob. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I'm, you know, Mark Matata, he tweeted out, I think it was last week. Uh, he was talking about, uh, Tyler Clevin. And if you believe he can come along, well, Matata said, look, you're not going to the playoffs here. There's no rush to do anything uh, at the trade deadline. So cool your jets, wait till the summer, see how the, the lay of the land at that time. And if Clavin can crack the, the lineup, then you've got to do something with, you can't have both Shabbat and, and uh, Chikrin. And so take your pick. If it were me, Chikrin or Shabbat would be leaving town. Sanderson Sanderson is the number one guy. Brandstrom slash Clevin is the number three guy. You can only have one number two guy on the left side there, right? So it's either got to be Shabbat or Chikrin. Pick your poison. You're either keeping the better player or you're getting the better return, whether you keep or trade Chikrin. So that's my two cents. Dayton, is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I would also move on from Shabbat. I think... Well, he's not the problem. I think he's part of it. I think he's been there tenured longer than almost anyone else. And he hasn't seen any winning with this Senators team. He doesn't know how to win with the Senators team. So give him a shot somewhere else. He'll be a great offensive defenseman with anyone he goes to. I don't think he will be with the Senators. Um, And I would also flip him to Calgary for Mackenzie Weger. So take a little bit of a pay cut. Do you think Calgary's doing that? I think they'd consider it. You get a, a decent top defenseman, right? It's it's a guy who can put up 50 points and Uyghur has a bit more of a defensive side uh, and that right shot. So if I'm Calgary, I'm considering it for sure. Might have to retrain, might have to throw in something. But yeah, Uyghur uh, hasn't uh, been like the most offensively gifted this year, has he? No. And that, that's not what he's making six and a quarter to be. Exactly. Um, and I mean, Craig Conroy... If he knows he's losing Hannafin, then maybe you consider it a little bit. I mean, well, I just looked up Uyghur. He's got 26 points in 43 games. He's he's going to break his career highs. So he's on pace mm-hmm. for 50 points. So that's Shabbat cheaper and better defensively. W- would yeah. you trade Shabbat and the Boston slash Detroit first round pick for Uyghur? No. Really? No. Uh, I would rather have Chikrin uh, and the pick. Because I think... Shabbat. Oh, would I throw in Shabbat? With Shabbat the... and the first round pick for Uyghur. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought you said Chikrin. I, I, I might have. I meant Check Shabbat. the tape. <laughs> Paul, would you do that? I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. I was just off in another direction, you know, 
thinking that not not that this show would ever listening to the talk here tonight, not, not that this show would ever advocate alcohol abuse, but God, I need a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that time of season. I get yes. you. <laughs> I'd like to hear from some Flames fans on that. Um, and even like, I mean, I hate talking about trading Shabbat because he's the guy that committed to this team, right? Like he was the first one to sign that contract, the eight by eight, right? And he was kind of the first up and coming player through the rebuild and through the terrible years. He's been here the whole time. I feel so bad talking about time to trade this guy. We need to move on. He's a detriment to the team, but it, it, it's reality, right? Like it, it just makes the most sense right now. And it's a business. It's not, it's not all about hugs and kisses. Exactly. It, it comes back to, it's a business. And if you're going to build a winning team, you can't have sentimentality weigh in and yeah. sentimentality had to go out when DJ Smith left. Yeah. That's, that's the guy. That was the nice guy. Nice time is over. It's time to get down to business. Um, and it reminds me of that Tortorella quote, right? Um, Matt Boldy got scratched against his hometown playing with the Flyers. Or uh, Bobby Brink. Sorry, not Matt Bobby Boldy. Brink, yes. Um, and Torts said it pretty plainly. It's, you know, it's a business. And I don't enjoy scratching him from his front of his family, but he's not playing tonight. He can't play tonight. Because he, you know, wasn't good enough or whatever, right? Could have been a million reasons. For yeah. whatever reason, he wasn't playing tonight, and that's how it goes. And I think, yep, Shabbat was the one who committed eight by eight. He was the first to get this, you know, let's commit to it. Yeah. Then why hasn't it changed? You're the first out the door then. I would compare scratching Bobby Brink to if DJ or Jacques Martin scratched Ridley Gregg, which would be absurd, right? If he wasn't playing well, sure he deserves it. We can't even get we can't even see a game with Travis Hammond scratched. <laughs> like something's got to change here. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, we're gonna take a quick break here, and we'll come back and we'll talk about Vladimir Tarasenko. All right, and we're back. Um, so we're gonna talk about Vlad Tarasenko. Um, kind of some reports about him coming out. Nothing crazy, nothing groundbreaking. Um, but Frank Saravalli said today on um, the Coming In Hot podcast with Brent Wallace that he's not sure Tarasenko wants to go and he has a full no move clause or no trade clause. Um, so it's up to him if he leaves town. Um, he's got family in Ottawa, his kids like it there. Um, and he just he seems to be happy with the team, which is which is insane to say that a veteran of his caliber is happy on this team. Um, I I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, d could he be more than a one-year player, do you think? Like, do you think there's a realistic chance that Ottawa could re-sign him to a, a Claude Giroux contract? Three years, six million. Is that something you'd be up for? Do you think you'd just try and beg him to let you trade him anywhere for a second-round pick and a B-plus level prospect? Or Because, um, again, like Paul mentioned with Edmonton and Chikrin, any – any contender that's looking to buy somebody like Tarasenko is not giving you a middle six, top six forward back. Like that, that's not what they're in the market for. Um, but what are your thoughts on moving Tarasenko and what are your thoughts on keeping Tarasenko? Start with you, Paul. You know, I, I like Tarasenko. I really do. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be averse to seeing him signed up for another couple of years. 
but the reality is, what's he, 32? He's getting a little long in the tooth by NHL standards. And uh, I don't see him as, you know, long-term as, as part of this team. Uh, so, you know, with that in mind, you'd probably say, yeah, let's, let's sit him down and see where he'll go, where he won't go and work out some type of trade. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be at the trade deadline either. You know, I think your, your bargaining position would be pretty bad. Uh, it, assuming you're looking for roster players at that point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's produced points. He's fine. I arguably, I think he's done everything they expected him to do uh, here. Yeah, I agree. Dayton, what are your what are your thoughts on it? I think if a guy wants to stay on this team, you listen to him. Yeah, because who wants to stay on a team that keeps losing like this? Yeah, like if you didn't watch the game, I I didn't. I just checked the score, seven to four, and for a loss, that's demoralizing. And Tarasenko wants to stay? Yep. Hallelujah, right? And they were up 4-2 to two going into the third period, by the way. Oh, I missed that. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. want to know that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, anyways, he's fifth on the team in scoring. Uh, he's got 28 points in 37 games, so it's lower than his career highs, but it's a bit more what he was before some of the injuries, yep. which is good. Uh, I... I'd take a 60, 65 point guy at five, six million. Yep. That's not egregious. I wouldn't take him at eight million like uh, some other guys on this team. But yep. yeah, if he wants to stick around, I th- I think he gives that stability to the top six that you are you need. Yep. He's a I remember reading some reports that there is some maybe locker room issues with uh with Tarasenko at the beginning of the season and that he's not like a character guy and, and whatever. I don't think that was ever true. I think that was just some rumors floating around. Um, And getting more of those, those top veteran guys who are happy to be here is, is a great thing that should be listened. Now, if an offer comes out, that is really good. Like you, you do get that younger top six guy you maybe talk with him. It's like, Hey, we need to move this team in the future. Um, sure. Let's, let's talk about that. But if he wants to stick around for another couple of seasons and is willing to commit to that this season, yeah. I'm happy that he wants to stay and I'm happy for him to stay. Yeah. So if, if Tarasenko gets an assist on Thursday against Montreal, he will have the exact same stat line as he did in uh, St. Louis when he got traded to the New York Rangers. 10 goals, 19 assists, 29 points in 38 games. Okay. So he's in the same spot. He makes less money, right? So if you look back at the trade, it was Tarasenko and Nico Mikola, who was a valuable, he was the third pair guy. He's kind of what Ottawa hopes Tyler Clevin develops into, I would say. Um, But they got a first round pick, a fourth round pick, and Sammy Blay. They got Hunter Skinner as well, but he's kind of a, kind of like how we got, um, how we saw, who was it, Donovan Sabrango come over in the Debrinkat trade. He's a prospect, right? He might turn into something, but he's a like guy. So, a first, fourth, and Sammy Blay. Is that the kind of return you'd be happy with for Tarasenko at this trade deadline? 
for a first, a fourth, and Sammy Blay. Yeah. Mm. At this point, I'd be upset if the Senators got only draft capital and not much else. Okay. That, that's fair. Um, and you can trade draft picks, though. That's You can, and maybe those are more valuable. Um, but I don't know. I, I want to see hockey trades. I do, too. I don't think... I think the time has past to be acquiring picks and even moving picks really i yeah yeah, just keep keep the ones that you have maybe get a couple of you know second third rounders if you can but if you're trading big assets for first round picks that's i think moving in the wrong direction yeah and it was 29th overall yeah no worthless yeah maybe a little what do you think about though yeah well yeah Paul, what do you think of the whole Tarasenko debacle? And would you consider moving him? Would you, do you want to see him stick around? Like where, where do you sit? And with that value in mind, and again, that was with Nico Mikola. So um, you could even just say it was a first and a fourth. I would say that's roughly fair value taking Mikola out. No, I'd be at this stage. I agree with Dayton. Uh, you know, we're there way past the, the point of, uh, picks and prospects you need you need to make a hockey trade you need to make roster uh acquire roster players and you're not going to do that at the trade deadline so just you know cool your jets and i know this town is it's there's got to be we got to do something we got to shake this team up no it is what it is be process driven be methodical you're going to get far more for a guy like tarasenko in the summer uh packaged up as a, a trade for rostered players uh, if, yeah. if that's what you decide to do yeah yeah it's it's really interesting i don't know what the senators are going to do or how they're going to fix this team i i don't know where to go from here right like you can talk about how it's a young team and they're still learning sure you got tim stutzel brady kachuk is kind of aging out of that conversation there but and same with drake batherson yeah, Tim Stutzel in the top six, but you also have Claude Giroux and Vlad Tarasenko, right? So it's not like the the whole top of the lineup is young guys that don't know how to play hockey yet, right? But I just don't know how to fix the problems. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, you guys were talking earlier about problems in the dressing room. And, uh, you know, the, if it's true that Tarasenko likes Ottawa, uh, yeah. that would put the lie to that. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I, well, all of that to say, I've got a clue what's going on. I, I don't think it's a problem in the, in the dressing room. Yeah. There's nothing that uh, is, is readily apparent. So, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know where you go from here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like the idea of keeping Tarasenko around if he wants to be here. Um, if you are opting to force him to use his no trade clause or waive it, sorry, um, in favor of guys who the team committed to back then like Josh Norris and Thomas Shabbat and some of these other ones who have been signed long-term to big contracts. That is the wrong message for this team. Because yeah. Tarasenko wants, uh, reportedly wants to be here. Yeah. Reportedly his kids are very happy here, yeah. which makes a parent very happy to be here, right? Right. We don't know if, Norris 
wants to be here. We don't know if Shabbat wants to be here. We don't know if a lot of those guys want to be here. And sure, they say they do, maybe. Yeah. But if someone is actively saying, yes, I'll stay. Commit to that, not what you had. Commit to what you have. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else either of you guys wanted to bring up today? Um... No, I want to get to my scotch. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I can't think of anything. It's uh it's a it's a tough one. It's a gloomy time to be um to be watching the senators. It's it's tough. Um I'd like to record an episode while the senators are on a 6-7 game win streak and talk about how great everything is doing because I don't like I don't like talking about the negative stuff like having to trade Shabbat, talking about trading Chikrin who you just spent a first and two seconds on or um trading Josh Norris. Like I don't like that. But here we are. Just uh maybe shine a light on this. You know, we were talking today in the dressing room. I think this the senators have got twelve thousand dollars in cap space. Yeah. Twelve thousand bucks. And what are they? 30 30th in the league? 31st? Yeah. <laughs> How the hell do you spend to the cap? and get this kind of result it, it is beyond me uh have there been in uh, similar situations i can't it, think what was that sorry have there been similar other teams that have basically been bottom dwellers uh, yet spent to the cap um no <laughs> not really i've been with in in like the same like i can imagine that a cap team kind of left their competitive door or window and then was bad but still like had the a lot of contracts right yeah they're they're up against the cap but that's because that they've been good for so long they're coming back down right now yeah. um to montreal start. but can you count <laughs> that because they have carry price like yeah yeah no. uh, ottawa is uniquely bad yeah they're, it all it all comes back to the same team who spent all that money on Colin White and a second round pick on Derek Stepan. Yeah, all right. Um, that'll wrap things up for today. Um, thanks everybody for checking things out. Let us know what you think about trading Shabbat or Chikrin or what your thoughts are on Tarasenko. How you fix this team moving forward? If you have the answers, um, I can probably find Michael Ann Lauer's email for you. Um, <laughs> like just. I don't, I don't even know at this point. So let us know what your thoughts are on kind of all these topics that we talked about. Um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.